was uh, early on a Sunday morning and I got a phone call and I knew that that day I was to be the, the duty crime detective for the Brunswick area when I was a member of the police force. This call was telling me that there'd been a, a house fire overnight, deliberately lit house fire, and it was perhaps just uh, a, a little bit, even more, something I needed to hear about, it was in an off-duty police member's house. And the policeman had been out at a wedding with his wife, uh, and then the, his house got torched while he was out. He came home, and it was extensively damaged in the fire. So then, I jump, you know, jump up early into work uh, with all the resources and services I could muster up. I spent the whole day there at that house investigating the fire. And at the end of the day, and this is often the way, um, you know, if you're going to commit a crime, just beware of this, you know, with fires, they're a real hard crime to investigate. End of the day, I got nothing. Not a clue. Spent the whole day. All I got is a smouldering shell of a house, a devastated young couple, and no idea about who might have started this fire. When there's hope, when, there, when there's even just like a smidgen of hope, you can keep trying, can't you? Keep working. Continue dreaming. But when hope runs out and you haven't got a promise to keep you going, it drains you dry, doesn't it? Well, the next morning, uh, I got up, I had to go to court. It was a Monday morning now. I had to go to court. Midway through the mornings, back in the good old days, we didn't have mobile phones back then, I had a pager. My pager goes off, long story short, it's an emergency call through the court switchboard. Everything now changes like lightning from the day before. St Kilda, the detectives at St Kilda have arrested a man there. They know this man well. He's a drug addict. They've arrested him in relation to a burglary that he'd committed in St Kilda. <laughs> and then they get him in there. They're talking to him about the burglary they want to talk to him about. And he starts talking about this house fire at a police member's house in Brunswick. And he says he knows some stuff about it. Long story short, we worked pretty much around the clock for the next three or four days, you know. Hardly went home at all. Worked a whole team of us. We had the arson squad, Brunswick CIB, St Kilda CIB. We're all working together and we got our man. Yeah. Like that's, do you like, do you like hearing that the bad guy got caught? Yeah, 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 yeah. So do I. I can't even count the number of impossible situations I've been in, friends. Well, like I remember last year, 2018, here, Mill Park Baptist Church, we've been praying all along, and all along, like I'm really confident, I'm really, really confident that if we pray and if we honour God and we do what's right, then he, he promises, He promises us, I will supply all your needs according to my riches in glory. That's in the Bible. And so as a church, man, like, we're here, we're doing the most important job on earth. And even though we don't always like to think about it, like it costs money to run a church. So I'm confident the whole way along, we're praying, praying, praying. I'm confident that we're going to meet our budget. We were well behind budget at the end of November. Well behind. 
And then I'm praying, praying, praying. To be honest, sometimes I'm questioning a little bit, thinking, man, <laughs> look, it's impossible. Like, how can we possibly pick that up? It's coming into Christmas. And I kept praying. I, like, the books close off on the 31st of December, yeah? Well, like, I keep praying after that. I don't even know why. Like, like why would you... I, but I keep praying even the first, second, third of January. God, please, 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 can we meet our budget? Please, work a miracle. Please, can we do this? And I don't remember exactly what day it was, but it was around the second, third of January. Leanne, our, our office manager, our administrator there, Leanne comes just about dancing. Like, Leanne doesn't dance that regularly. She just about dances into my office, you know, to tell us that we've not only met our budget for the year, but we've smashed it out of the God's worked an absolute miracle in an impossible situation. Um, you know, other impossible situations. I, I just look at, I just look at me and my character. I've lost track of that. That's impossible. That, like, that's impossible. Change the Jeff Shepherd. You know, like by the by the way he is, just in the way that Jeff Shepherd is by default, and he's loud, he's rough, and he's proud. But what does God say? Like to me, God says that, that he loves a man who is quiet and gentle and humble, kind of like the opposite to what I am by, by nature. How do I get there? Even though, even though, like even though, hold on, there, like there's promises, there's a promise in the Bible, uh, Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, that, that God started a good work in me and he's going to finish it. Like he's going to take it all the way through to completion, perfection on the day of Christ Jesus. That's, wow, that's a, tall, that's a big promise, a bit hard to believe. See, once we've been waiting a while, and then especially if we have to wait a bit more, we've been learning a lot about waiting the last few weeks, then the situation starts to seem, don't you think? It starts to seem impossible. If we're just, and if we're just waiting for something that we sort of hoped, wished it might happen, that might be different. But what about, friends, what about when we thought God had promised us something? When it starts looking promise, sorry, when it starts looking impossible, and that promise is getting harder and harder to believe. You keep believing the promise? Even, even, when, even when you really wonder. You know, like it's you and you got the promise and people are starting to talk about you and they're sort of feeling a bit sorry for you. You think, I hope she sees soon. It's probably going to happen. You know, people are sort of just, just hoping that you're okay. Still keep believing? Like Noah, poor old Noah, poor old Noah. Um, Keith Green used to sing a song, I can't really sing it for you, but he says, you just, you just think about Noah shooting his umbrella when there wasn't a cloud in the sky. All his neighbours would laugh at his pet giraffe and they'd giggle as he passed by. This... This old wacky guy, like, and he's building an ark. He says it's going to rain. Start feeling sorry for him, don't we? Seen the movie Evan Almighty? Like, that's like a modern day humorous takeoff of Noah and the ark, you know? And, and, and there's, you know, there's Evan 
congressman, Evan, and he's been called to build the ark by God. Seen it? And, and then he's standing up and he's built the ark now, but it's still not raining and everyone's mocking him and the police are threatening him and like the councils are going to sue him. Like, and he stands on the deck of the ark and he yells out at the top of his voice, you know, this, he yells out, is it too much to ask for a little precipitation? Like he just wants a bit of precipitation, rain. Get the promise happening. Hard to believe the promise. You've been thinking that. You've got, you got a promise today. And you're thinking, oh, I must have got it wrong. Maybe, maybe you heard the promise wrong. You know, you just misheard. Maybe you misunderstood. Maybe, maybe you made it up. Maybe you just imagined it. Because... Because it's not a matter of waiting anymore, is it? Because it's impossible now. And you're not the only one that thinks so. You hung out, you kept hanging on to the promise longer than other sane, rational people did. But surely, like surely now, it's impossible. Keep waiting for the promise. That friend that you knew, or you thought you knew, that God asked you to pray for. No change there. accusations that are, that are made against you, and you thought that you said that God would vindicate you. You know, the people would see the truth. They're not true accusations, but you're the only one that knows that, and you haven't got any vindication. Peace, peace, that's eluding you, and you thought that it said in, in God's word that, that, that he'd give you peace. You thought God would peace. Like, and you read verses like in the old King James Version, Thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee. But you haven't got that. Maybe you just imagined it. Eh? Like when it's hard to believe the promise, maybe you did just imagine it. What's your promise? What's your promise, friend? We've got people here today who are finding it a bit hard to believe the promise. Abraham and Sarah... They have a promise. It's God himself who's spoken. It's been more than once, much more than once. He's spoken to Abraham and he's assured him of the promise. Now, it's, it's easy for us because, like, we can read it now and, and we read back, you know, in hindsight. We read back and you read what's there. Like, this one's a categorical promise, eh? Like, there's no doubt whatsoever that God had said what he said. He said, I'm going to make, he talked to Abraham, I'm going to make you the father of the Jewish nation. And that means that I'm going to give you a son. Abraham had questioned that a couple of times on the way through, thinking, well, maybe it's going to be through my servant. No, 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 not through your servant, you. He's going to give you a son. And he also said, and I'm going to give you this whole land. It's the land of Canaan. It's the land of Israel that we know today. I'm going to give you that land. That's the promised land. So you see, this promise fatherhood and land. Abraham, remember this, was 75 years old when God first gave him that promise. And then by the time we left him last week, we've been checking him out for a few weeks, by the time we left him last week, he was 86 years old. 11 years later, still no land, Still no son, well, at least no legitimate son, because we saw last week that he'd 
had a son with his wife's servant girl. And you've seen in the last few weeks, haven't you, like he's begged, he's borrowed, he's manipulated, he's maneuvered these last 11 years. He's, he's waited and he's waited a bit more. Sometimes he's waited gracefully, <laughs> other times not so gracious, gracefully. And Sarah, his wife, she's been waiting too. All this time. But surely now, like surely, if you're Abraham and Sarah, think back, friends, surely it's hard to believe the promise now. Well, I want you to skip forward for this morning, skip forward another few years because Abraham is now 99 years old. Sarah's 89 years old. 24 years now they've been waiting. And he's still got the same promise. What do you do when you're still waiting and the promise cloudy at best when you wondered if you imagined it when others are telling you that it's time to get over it and starting to question yourself and the others have been questioning you for quite a while now when you're hanging on to God's promise and you start wondering if it really is a if you really should Watch Abraham, you've got your Bible, open up to Genesis 18, because watch him, when it's really hard to believe the promise, check out what this guy does. And as you do, just remember, Abraham is God's friend, he's called a friend of God, and he's also a man of growing faith. We've said that all along, he's a legend now, he's a hero of the faith, <laughs> he's a good guy, we love him, but he wasn't always that way, he had to grow into this. He had to learn this. He fell over. He, 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 he didn't do things well. He, he was ungrateful. All of that along the way, Abraham grew into his faith. So read this with me. Look at, look at what happens. The Lord appeared again to Abraham while he was camped near the oak grove belonging to Mamre. One day about noon. Hey, it's the same as any other day when this happens. Noon time. 24 years of those days, friends, he's had, there's a certain sense of predictability for him. And it's not so much his predictability about, about what will happen today, but when you're finding it hard to believe the promise, the predictability can be about what will not happen. No land, no sun. It's noonday sun, it's the hottest part of the day when the promise is really hard to believe, the hottest part of the day. Look at this. As Abraham was sitting at the entrance to his tent, he suddenly noticed three men standing nearby. He got up and he ran to meet them. That's a Middle Eastern greeting for you. It's a proper one too. It's a show of respect and welcome, even before he knows who these men are. He runs to meet them and welcoming them by bowing low to the ground. My Lord... He said, if it pleases you, stop here for a while. Rest in the shade of this tree while my servants get some water to wash your feet. Let me prepare some food to refresh you. Please stay a while before continuing on your journey. All right, they said. Do as you said. So Abraham ran back to the tent and said to Sarah, Quick, get three measures of your best flour and bake some bread for us. Then Abraham ran out to the herd, chose a fat calf. He did it himself, personally. And then he told a servant to hurry and butcher it. When the food was ready, he took some cheese curds and milk and the roasted meat, and he served it to the men. He served them himself. 
As they ate, Abraham waited on them there beneath it. If you're finding it hard to believe the promise today, my friend, remember this, when it's hard to believe the promise, little things count. Last week, we spoke about the importance of valuing the small things while we wait. God's a God, like God does real big things, doesn't he? But he doesn't only do real big things. He does little things. And hospitality here for Abraham, hospitality, that, that, that's just one of them. Here's Abraham. He's out in the wilderness. You think about this guy. He hasn't yet received the promise. Life's a burden. It's the hottest part of the day. He's out there in his tent in the wilderness. The land's not his yet. He hasn't got his son. If he's like me, the last thing he feels like doing that day, and I mean the last thing, is having... Not just guests over for lunch, but uninvited, unexpected guests. When it's hard to believe the promise, you like me, you might get grumpy. Patient. Maybe, maybe like just plain tired and weary. And you won't feel like giving out. You won't feel like helping out, let alone like having people over for dinner. You've got to talk, sit and talk to them. And it costs, it, it costs to serve too. Like it cost Abraham and Sarah a fat calf. They had to get cheese curds and milk. There was no Woolworths nearby to get it from. I mean, they've got to come up with that. You see, to serve others, friends, it costs. It costs money, it costs time, it costs energy, it costs emotional resource if you're going to serve other people. You go through with a fine-tooth comb how Abraham acted that day when his visitors turned up, unexpected, uninvited, and you find that what he did was culturally right, plus a bit more. He didn't give up on the little things. Even though after 24 years... I bet you he woke up that morning finding the promise hard to believe. Finding your promise hard to believe. Finding it hard to believe in the goodness of God, in the promises of God. The little things matter. As you serve though, as you serve, look at the story with Abraham with me, God always repays. Now, we get these opportunities. I guarantee you that you have had these opportunities this week. Guarantee you. Even if it's hard to believe the promise, you've had these opportunities. But so have I. But we're so often too busy, too preoccupied, too weary, too self-conscious. Think about self-conscious, friends. Like we talk about self-conscious as being a bit embarrassed or a bit shy. Yeah, that's one way of being self-conscious. But to be self-conscious means I'm thinking about me self-conscious so we're, we're, we're too weary too self-conscious we regularly and routinely don't pick up on them look at this look at this verse in the new testament god says don't forget hey don't forget to show hospitality to strangers because some people who have done this have actually entertained angels without realizing it that's freaky someone knocks on your door you invite them in, you, you, you give them dinner, and you sit and talk, and you bless them and love them. 
and they leave and you just think it was a person and it's like no that wasn't a person that was an angel called God so it's hard to believe the promise and if you're like me you just want to sit still and catch your breath you want to get your bearings back you want to reassess the promise and how feasible it is to really believe it and hang on to it and it's right then it's right then that you'll get some opportunities to serve and that'll be the day of small beginnings that we spoke about last week and you know what you never ever know the bigger reality God takes care listen carefully God takes care to pay for his entertainment for his helpers for his visitors for his advocates for his servants and he pays and he pays well when you invest he pays well now look what happens here you think Abraham and Sarah don't get paid way over the top for their hospitality even though they had no idea what was coming it's just another morning it's 24 years in even though all Abraham did was see three men near his tent and invite them in for a roast. Where is Sarah, your wife, they asked him. This is while they're enjoying their roast beef. Oh, I love roast beef. <laughs> like, if I was asking the question, it would be in between big mouthfuls. Like, in, 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 where's your wife? In, 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 like. In the tent, Abraham replied. You see, these men are sitting near the tent. She is in the tent. That's proper for a woman in this Middle Eastern setting. There's just a flimsy curtain of camel hair between them and her. She can hear everything they say, but she's silent. We went, you know, when I was in Jordan a couple of years ago, we went one night and we stayed with the Bedouin people. We got told on the way there by the, the, the guy that was taking us, listen, you probably won't see any women while we're out here tonight, but if you do, do not talk to them, don't approach them. Women don't matter. In this, in this society. Women are unimportant. We don't talk to them. It'll be offensive if you do. So we get there. You know, the, the, the whole time, the 24 hours that we were there, I know we ate food. I know the women cooked the food. I didn't see the women. I just saw them the next morning. It was about 5.30 in the morning. I could see a couple of women way off in the distance and they're looking after the goats in a little pen in the middle of the desert. A couple of women there and they're looking after the goats. They had their backs to me. They didn't see me. I didn't, you know, they, and they were, they were, you know, like a couple hundred meters away. Don't approach the women, don't talk to them. She's just in the tent behind the camel hair curtain. And these guys ask, well, where is she? Then one of them said, now you really want to know now? You, 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 you're struggling, you think, oh, Jeff, God pays me, God repays me. When I serve, you want to know if he gives you more than you could ever possibly give him when you do the small things like hospitality even when you're struggling to believe the promise friends and and that wants you know when you're struggling to believe the promise and that wants to take all your attention and divide your heart and and just and just wipe your energy one of them said about this time next year i will return now there are three of them there's three men he's saying i he's talking in the first person pronoun here i, I will return we actually learn here they're all representing God this is God in three three angels it's a visitation of God Abraham and Sarah have been entertaining angels and your wife Sarah will have a son honestly my friend even when you've got nothing if when you've got nothing 
nothing to give, even when so far you haven't seen the promise fulfilled. And it's really willing for you to keep believing it. You are going to get opportunities to serve and to give and to honour and to bless and to listen and to care. And, and did I say serve? As opposed to being served? And some of them are going to be for hidden things, small things, small beginnings. But I promise you, I absolutely guarantee and more to the point God himself absolutely guarantees he will not leave you with a debt he will repay you and he will repay you handsomely now I don't mean don't hear me saying he'll give you cash he'll make you rich that's not what I'm saying if you hear that you, you heard the opposite to what I'm saying no 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 no, no. I'm not saying he's going to give you cash he might but one way or the other God will repay you and he will give you back far more than you've given out. He will grow your character. He'll strengthen your muscle. He'll grow your tolerance. He'll widen your horizon. He will blossom your worldview. While you're finding it hard to believe the promise, but you serve and you do the little things. God always repays. And then meanwhile, meanwhile, is anything... Is anything too hard for God? It's funny now. Imagine you're Sarah. <laughs> you're in behind the camel hair curtain. You're in the tent. You're just fussing around, making the food, cooking the bread and that sort of stuff. You hear these guys talking. Hey, I'm going to go, come back next year. You're going to have a son. He's 89 years old. <laughs> this is joke time. <laughs> this is stand-up comedy. Sometime soon, like if he's coming back in 12 months and she's going to have a baby, well, sometime soon she's going to be pregnant. <laughs> she's, she's going to go down to the chemist warehouse and get a pregnancy test. And it's going to be positive. Like, come, are you kidding me? She's 89 years old. Well, one of them said about this time next year I'll return and your wife Sarah will have a son. Now Sarah was listening to this conversation from the tent nearby. Go and laugh along with her. Laugh along with her. And since Abraham and Sarah were both very old and Sarah was, shall we say, long past the age of bearing children, of having children, it's hard to believe the promise. No different to you and your promise, by the way. It's no longer just waiting. It's impossible now. 90-year-old women don't have babies. Especially with a hundred-year-old husband. This is ridiculous. It's crazy. She laughed silently to herself. Just laugh silently to yourself now. She thought it was silent. How could a worn-out woman like me have a baby? And, and when my master, my husband, is also so old. Well, then the Lord, his angel, said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Why did she say, can an old woman like me have a baby? Oh, but she laughed to herself and said it to herself, thought it to herself. And then he says, is anything too hard for the Lord? 
About a year from now, I'll just tell you again in case you didn't hear, just as I told you, I will return and Sarah will have a son. Sarah was afraid when she heard that. Have you ever had that situation? You know, you know when you said something about someone <laughs> and you didn't think they were in the room, you didn't think they could hear, and next thing they walked right in, oh, they just heard what I said. Who's had that experience? Well, this is a little bit like this, you know, like, so she feels a bit awkward, so she denies that she laughed. I didn't laugh, no, 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 but he said, that's not true, you did laugh. Is anything too hard for the Lord? 3,000 years since that question got asked, and it's still laying there. And, and here's the answer. It's in Jeremiah chapter 32, verse 17. O sovereign Lord, you have made the heavens and the earth by your great power. Nothing is too hard for you. You know the truth, friends. Nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. And maybe it does seem like that promise that you thought he gave you is too hard for him. And if it's not too hard for him, maybe, maybe it's not too hard, but, but he doesn't want to do it. One way or the other, I'm not getting that promise. But friends, the one thing, listen in, the one thing that hinders God in fulfilling his promises to us is our unbelief. Sarah was struggling, so was Abraham, but they needed to believe it before the child of the promise was born a year later. And it's the same with us. You know, as soon as we believe, as soon as you believe, then according to our faith, according to your faith, it's done. And it's not just done like, like it, you know, like it's done. It's done exceedingly abundantly beyond all that we could even ask or imagine. It really is. You reckon it might seem hard for God to fulfill the promise? Like, think about this. Fulfill the promise. It's in the Bible. It says that everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that sounds nice, doesn't it? Someone who's relatively okay, like look at the person next to you, look, 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 look down the row, like that person's okay, aren't they? Like I, there's maybe no really, really, really bad people here today and God saved them. But you realise when it says everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved, that if a bad person, like wow, did I see a few vile comments this week on social media, mainly from police and ex-police about Tony Mockbell. You know, Tony Mockbell got bashed really badly down in Barwon Prison. He was in a critical condition. He's in a serious condition now in hospital. And there was people there, like, you should have seen some of those comments. Now, I I don't know Tony Mockbell. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. That includes him. Not just you and me. And then look at this, like, here's what God says. Everyone who believes in him is freed from all guilt and declared right with God. That's something that the Jewish law could never do. Friends, you know what? Just remember, nothing is too hard for God. Nothing. Does it seem hard for you, let alone me, to somehow be the people that God wants us to be? Like I said earlier, just trying to get to be some, some guy who's quiet, gentle, humble, or even just a little bit quiet, gentle, humble. Like he says, his commission, he says this over and again in his word, his commission, his job with me is to make me like Jesus. And to make, 
you're going to take Jeff Shepherd, make him like Jesus? <laughs> you're kidding me. That seemed hard. Look at this. We are made right in God's sight when we trust in Jesus Christ to take away our sins. And we all can be saved in this same way, no matter who we are or what we've done. No, no. Nothing's too hard for God. Nothing. Does it seem hard for him to say that rebels can become his children? No, no, no. But to all who believed, Jesus said, and accepted him, all who believed and accepted him, he gave the right to become children of God. Friends, nothing's too hard for God. Nothing. No wonder, I mean, no wonder poor old Sarah laughed. I reckon I would have laughed out loud. Like she tried to laugh to herself. I, I couldn't have contained myself. You Laugh all you want, says God. You laugh all you want. But when you come round to believe in the promise again, I'll give you a bit of time to think on that. When you come round to believe in the promise again, I'll be here to fulfill it. Bring it to pass. Let it be done. Now, what, what are the promises? What promises did you come in hanging on to this week? What's the promise? What's the promise that you're hanging out for right now? You need it fulfilled. You, you need it fulfilled. You are desperate for it to come to pass. Now, I've told you, I've told you guys um, many times in the last few months, some of the ones that, that I, Jeff Shepard, that I'm living, breathing, eating, sleeping in this season of my life. That's what I've got to do. And the big one, here's the one, I shared it with you, I think, last week or the week before, which God's given to me, and he's confirmed it, and he's affirmed it again and again. This is, this is a promise that he's given to, to, to me, to Jeff Shepherd. I'm about to do something new, Jeff. I've actually already begun it. Do you not see it? And I often say to him in the morning, well, no, today I don't really see it that much. Today I see a little bit of it, but other days, no, I don't see it. Well, well here's what I'm doing, Jeff. I will make a pathway. The New American Standard says, I like that better. It says a roadway through the wilderness. I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Okay, so there's the promise. If I, this is just to try and illustrate for you. So Jeff, I'm not going to pull you out and up out of your situation. I'm not going to take you back to what you were before you got into your situation. Jeff, I'm doing a brand new thing. Yeah? I'm making a new Jeff. And when I'm making a new Jeff, I'm making a roadway through the wilderness. So we're going to go through the wilderness but I'm making a roadway in which you can do it. And I'm actually creating rivers in the dry wasteland. Now you think of the daily implications of that for me. Just stretch your mind a bit and think about that. If that's me in that situation, you see, if God's doing something new, what does that mean? It means that the old thing has to actually die first. And death is hard. Death's no fun. Death often takes a long time. Death is painful and uncomfortable and confusing. Who likes death? And if, he, if, he, if God is doing something new as well, not only does the old have to die, but you think about it, if God, if God, El Shaddai, as we spoke about in the other week, if God is doing something new, you know what? You can actually rest assured that it's good. Because God doesn't do dodgy work. <laughs> you honestly think that God's going to undertake a project and just sort of piece it together. He doesn't do second-rate stuff. So when God does something new, it's good. It's resoundingly good. So there's my promise. What's yours? What's your promise? I want to encourage your friends, just, just a couple of little words here to, to, to think on this today. 
And then afterwards, you know, when we're, when we're together, have tea and coffee and have barbecue and that, but, but, but even, even cheer each other on in these things. What about if you say, I'm going to learn the promises? If you don't know the promises, how can you hang on to them? You can't. Like, if, if you just got some vague idea of the promises, you've got to learn the promises. In the middle of the night when the world's quiet and you're lying in bed with runaway thoughts of worry, perplexity, overwhelming need, when your relationship's in doubt, when your future's on the line, when it's a monumental effort for you just to put one foot in front of the other. My friend, you need God's promises to hang on to. You've got to learn them. Nothing's too hard for God. Nothing. And then you've got to listen for the promises, eh? You've got to listen for them. Listen carefully because quite often... Trust me on this. Would you trust me on this? God is going to give you promises. Enough for today. Enough for your need right now. So so don't just listen for them, but expect them. Can you expect them? Expect God to love His promises onto you. You see, all those times, through 25 years of Abraham and Sarah waiting for the promises of land and of a son, when God reminded them. And He keeps telling me too. Like it's old news for me though, and I'm so often wanting more. I'm wanting the next step. Like, okay, that, 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 that's good, but what about what's, what's next? I'm wanting like a magic bullet to end this pain and just go back to the way I used to be. That's what I want to do. No, Jeff, no, you listen for my promises. My son, listen. I'm doing something new. It's new. It's not old. It's not the way it was. Jeff, I've already begun doing it. Can you see it? Well, not today, I can't, God. Well, sometimes, if I'm honest, I can see it a little bit more, but not today. Jeff, I'm making a roadway through the wilderness. I'm I'm not pulling you out of it. I'm making a roadway for you to walk through it. A lot of the time, um, you know, during the week, um, I I try and run most days, and on the days when I don't run, I like to go for a walk, and there's this... There's this road near our house, it's called Chapel Lane, and it used to be dirt. And we preferred it dirt because it had much more character. Anyway, a couple of years ago, they decided to tar the road. And and they did, they tarred it. But it it didn't seem to take all that long for them to do it. And and I don't know, I lost track of how long it was, but it wasn't too long afterwards and I'm walking you know because I walked it's a beautiful walk down the road and once you get over the hill you wouldn't even know you're anywhere near Melbourne and I'd be walking along and there's all these potholes starting to form in the road terrible potholes next thing I'm walking along and 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 they've got like the council's been by and they've put up big signs hazard traffic hazard and then now since then you know they've been and they've had to retar these holes see if you do it if you do a cheap quick little job on a road it's not so good Jeff we don't want to do a cheap job we're making a roadway Jeff for you to be a mighty warrior for God on and that roadway is going to be a good roadway we're going to do a good job that's my promise to you my friend you're going to listen for his promises Listen, listen carefully, and don't you dare, don't you dare think that God wouldn't give you a promise. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. 
haven't done enough, haven't earned enough. Don't you dare think that, my friend, because God wants to give you promises. Every single person he's given to he's got promises for you. Listen to his promises, yeah? Nothing's too hard for God, Not nothing, nothing, nothing. And then thirdly, what about if you remind yourself of the promises? I wanna suggest to you, write them down. I've got them, I've got them printed up on little A5 sheets, laminated, and I carry them around with me. Like saturate your mind with God's promises. Preach them to yourself. Like get them into your head, no matter what. Just get them there, say them out loud. Don't just read them in a silence, say them out loud. For instance, one for me in this season, the voice of the devil tells me often, he tells me that God has abandoned me and left me. And that at worst, you know, that is. And maybe at best that God's just shortchanging me. He's given me second best or third best or fourth best. So every morning out loud at the moment in this season of my life, one of the promises that I proclaim, and I say it, I say it out loud, and if you were sitting anywhere near the backyard, you'd hear me say it, like it's decisive when I say it. Over my life is that God is trustworthy and that He wants to give me a full life and that His will for me is good and perfect and acceptable. Look at this, that's out of the Bible, I didn't make it up. The unfailing love of the Lord never ends. By His mercies, we've been kept from complete destruction. Great is His faithfulness. His mercies begin afresh each morning. Promise from God. And then look at this. The thief's purpose, Jesus said this, is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose, the reason I came to earth is to give people like you, Jeff, not just life, but to give you life to the full, abundant life. And then... You know, God says, don't copy their behavior, the customs of this world. But Jeff, if you let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think, then you will know what God wants you to do. And you'll actually know, look at this, how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. That's just me. I'm just telling you me. There's some of the many promises that I'm hanging on to real tight, white knuckles these days. What are yours? If you, you know, if you're sitting there now, and, and, and you can't tell me what your promises are because you don't know. I love you, my friend, if you said that, but no wonder you're struggling. No wonder you're floundering. You don't know what God's promises are. And if that's the case, my friend, don't live like that for one more night. Come see me afterwards. Come see one of our pastors. See your friend, your leader, your mentor. Get some promises from God written down and carry it around with you so that they're soaking into your mind and your spirit and your being all day, every day. And keep reminding yourself of them. Declare them out loud. You know what I'm doing at the moment? Um, I've been doing this for a while again now. Um, if you've got on, on the, the YouVersion Bible app on your phone, you can set it. You can set it to play Psalms for half an hour or something like that. And I set it to, like, I go to sleep to it. I set it going while I'm falling asleep. And I don't take in many of the words, you know, because I fall asleep. But, like, it's like this is, i got God's promises. Nothing's too hard for God. Nothing. And just finally, I've gone a little over time. Sorry, sorry about that. But, but finally, hey, I want to encourage you to pledge the promises, eh? Let's do this. What about if we can make a, a pledge to do this every day? This is a new one for me. I, I make a pledge now every morning because I read this a couple of weeks ago from Hannah Whittlesmith back in the 1800s. I make a pledge now every morning. I make it to God and I promise Him that no matter what happens, no matter what is going to happen today, no matter what anyone says to me, no matter what happens at church, no matter what happens at home, no matter, it, no matter, I promise you, God, I will not doubt any of your promises today. I promise. 
absolutely promise, hold me to it, I will not doubt any of your promises today, no matter what. Because I read this, Hannah Whittle-Smith, back in the 1800s, she said, it's often necessary, I think, to make a definite transaction of this surrender of doubting and come to a point about it. I believe it's quite as necessary in the case of a doubter as it would be in the case of an alcoholic. It will not do to give it up by degrees. The total abstinence principle is the only effectual one. And she says, but years ago, I made a pledge against doubting. And so I have never dared to admit the first doubt. I began to say over and over, God is my father. I am his forgiven child and he does love me. Jesus saves me. Jesus saves me now. Friends, let's pray together. Let's pray because nothing is too hard for God. Nothing, nothing, nothing. God always keeps his promises. His promises are backed by all the honor of his powerful name. Pray together. Lord Jesus, thank you for your promises. And I thank you, Lord, because I know for sure that you have promises over every single person who's sitting here this morning. I also know, Lord, that there's plenty of people here who struggle to believe those promises. And some of them are just hanging on by it, like, like just, just by a breath at the moment. Please, Lord Jesus, please, Holy Spirit, help us just to know your promises again. Help us to know your promises brothers and sisters who are here and they say I don't know what God's promises are we, 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 we pray for you now and we ask you that we ask Jesus that by the time they walk out of the building today they're going to have some promises written down to hang on to thank you so much for your promises thank you Jesus for your promises thank you for a whole Bible full of them thank you that this is not some nice little pep talk Thank you, we're not just trying to think positive thoughts. No, 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 no. We're talking about the Word of the living God. Promises. Promises that you always, always keep. And, and Lord, even when it's for a 99-year-old man and his 89-year-old wife, 